Well, let's look at Proverbs 18.21 this morning. We were going to start a new series this morning about the power of words. This has been um, something that's just on my heart for a, a long time. You know, of course, we went to Rama. <laughs> It's called Bible Training Center then. It's called Rhema Bible College now. You know what Rhema? Rhema is a Greek word. You know what that means? It means the spoken word. <laughs> words mean things. Words are powerful. Words will change the course of your life. They're not just things coming out of your mouth. They actually change the course of your life. If you don't believe that, then just hang on. We'll be looking at the Bible. <laughs> but words are so much more powerful than most people think. Let's look at Proverbs 18.21. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, how much more serious can you get than that? When somebody says, this is life or death, that means it's serious, right? Well, what is it saying? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What's the tongue? What you say. You can't get any more serious than that. In Amplified Classic, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for life or death. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 10.11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. In other words, you can be speaking good words that just bring life to a situation. Or you can be speaking evil words. Even if you are the righteousness of God and Christ, that you are a Christian, you can still speak evil words and open up pathways for things to happen in your life that ought not happen, that God does not will to happen. But by our words, we can set a chance, set a, a path that God Almighty, He's not going to step in and control you when he's given you a free will. When he's given me a free will. Is that news to somebody? God doesn't control everything on the earth. We have a lot to do with it. Let me ask you a question. Did, did God make you choose your breakfast this morning? I mean, did he? Did, did, did you choose it, or did God ordain you have Wheaties? Or peanut butter toast, or eggs? Did he, well, if he didn't do that, don't you think there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world that God is not ordaining? That people are making decisions that aren't God's will? They're making decisions without any input from God. God is not controlling everything that happens. God is not in control. The way people say, well, God's in control. This just happened for some reason. The reason may be we were stupid. The reason may be we didn't walk in what God has for us to walk in. It doesn't mean God ordained it. 
Did you hear me? This is all related to words. <laughs> because if you think, if, 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 if God is in control of everything, then what does it matter what you say? How can life or death be in the power of your tongue when God, your, whatever happens is going to be God? Because what, if, if whatever happens is just the will of God, then there's nothing we have to do with it. We'll just find out what, God, what happens, and we know that was God's will. Well, look around. Look around at what's going on in the world. Lots of evil, lots of destruction, lots of perversion. Is that all God's will? Because it contradicts the Bible. So are we saying God is ordaining things that contradict what he said in his word? That he is the author of those things. He would be contradicting himself then, right? If he said something is sin, but there's all kinds of sin going in the world, to say God is in control of everything is to say God is ordaining sin. Did you hear me? You guys okay? So God isn't just doing everything in the world, making it happen. That's not true. That's not true. God is the sovereign God of the universe. But, but and we've taught on this. We're not going to go into a lot of depth, but this, this has a lot to do with what we're talking about here. We may go into it, but we've taught on it before. Satan, the Bible says, uh, God gave dominion to Adam on the earth. He created Adam, and he gave, them, gave Adam dominion over the earth. That means he had control of it. He, he was the manager of it. But the Bible also says that, that God, or I mean, excuse me, Adam bowed his knee to Satan. He did what Satan said to do. He sinned. When God said not to eat of the tree, he ate of the tree. His wife did, then he did. And so he put himself under the command of Satan. And when he did that, Satan became in control of what's going on in this world. And you can see it. We could back that up with numerous scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says he is the God of this world. Calls him them. Says he's the prince of the power of the air. Says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. You just have to look around and that makes perfect sense, right? If the devil is, is he's pushing on stuff and, and controlling mankind, because he does by a large part, he controls the world systems. He's the one pushing stuff. Well, then you can see why it's just in destruction. But God sent Jesus to redeem mankind from out of the power of the devil. And by believing on the Lord Jesus and what he's done, we, anybody that believes that comes out of the control of Satan and now can walk directly under God in dominion over the devil. And so just because the devil's here and he has a right to be here, he has a lease to be here. He will get his later. The Bible says he's going to be thrown into the pit. But that's not today. So he, the devil's not going away for the time being. So he's here. So you have the devil walking about, seeking whom he may devour, deceiving people. It says he goes around deceiving. And so you have lots of people in the world that are listening to lies, 
listening to lies that have gotten into the culture, listening to lies that they see and they hear and they read. And so then they, they, they act on those lies and they make decisions based on those lies. And so you have the destruction you have in the world. You have death. You have poverty. You have sickness. That's not God's will. It's God's will that we have everything He has purchased for us and everything that God has redeemed us from, but it's not automatic. Jesus came so that we could be redeemed. And so when we believe on Him, we're taken out of the power of Satan and we're moved into the power of God. Can you put up First Corinthians, or excuse me, Colossians 1, 13 and 14? It says, He has delivered, Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. That means we were in the power of darkness. And the world is still in the power of darkness. And He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Next verse, can you go to 14? In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So we have redemption through Jesus, through His blood. We have forgiveness of sins. We've been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness. We've been adopted into the kingdom of light. But there's still a devil in this world, and there's still evil in this world, but it has no authority over the Christian. So when people say, well, why why does bad stuff happen in the world? Because there's a devil. And because people listen to him and submit themselves to him and make decisions based on things that aren't true. And so you have destruction, but that's never God's will. It's not God's will for his children. It's not God's will for the whole world. But people have to make a choice to listen to him, make a choice to become a Christian. And then once they are a Christian, they have authority. If you're a Christian, you have authority. If you're a Christian, you have authority over darkness. You have authority over Satan. Satan hates this message. He doesn't want you to know that you have authority. See, the whole world is under the sway of the devil. They're drunk in that sense. Some of them are literally drunk right now. But I'm talking about a mind. They don't see clearly. You got people going through their actions every day, acting like this is all there is when there's a spiritual realm and good and evil behind what they see. There is a God. There is a devil. And the devil has deceived mankind. He's got this world just in chaos and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God sent Jesus that we could be redeemed from the power of Satan and then be moved into his kingdom and to operate in his kingdom. But you have to know that, number one, and then you have to act on it, number two. 
If you don't know it as a Christian, even though it's yours, even though it's bought and paid for, even though Satan doesn't have any dominion over you, if you don't know it, he can still take advantage of you. And he does over millions of Christians every day because they believe lies like that God doesn't want you well. God wants you sick. Well, then if sickness comes and you believe it's God, people don't resist it. They don't understand that it's from the devil and they're supposed to take authority over it and cast it out and walk on top of it. But you have lies that have been propagated even in the church where people are like, well, I guess it's God's will that I be sick. I guess it's God's will that my relative died. I guess it's God's will that I don't have any money. And so they receive it as God. But Satan's a deceiver. And that's what he does. He goes about deceiving, and it sounds sort of correct. There's always an element of truth in every deception, otherwise people don't buy it. So he goes about deceiving. And so people have listened to him. And so even in the church world, even though they have authority, even though they have the ability to rebuke Satan in all his works. If they don't know that, they live with it. People think it's godly to take a vow of poverty and live with nothing. That, that contradicts so many Bible verses. That's, not, that's just ignorance. You got quiet. That's just ignorance. That's, ignorance means you don't know. That's not God's not will. God, that's, not, that's not God's will. It doesn't do anything for God. It's just flesh. It just means you don't have any power to get anything done. Doesn't please God. Doesn't buy you anything. The only thing that buys you anything with God is the blood of Jesus. Did you hear me? So, so you have to under you have to hear, but then you have to act on it. You have to act on what God has done through Jesus. If you don't act on it, then it still won't be done, even though you know it, quote-unquote, you've heard it. If you don't act on it, you can still deal with destruction. One of the ways that we're going to act on it, act on the truth of God's Word, act on what Jesus, what God has bought for us through Jesus is with our words. Amen. You release power through your words. I release power through my words. We, <clears throat> we are the directors of our life in the sense of what happens in our life. We need to, you need to submit to God and get it from Him, but you can thwart the will of God for your life by what you say and do. Did you hear me? In other words, just because something's God's will for your life does not mean it automatically happens. Just because something's God's will for my life does not mean it automatically happens. In other words, it could be God's will... For your life. Generally, like, you know, that he wants you well, that he wants you to have everything you need, that he wants you to know him, of course, that he wants you to walk in righteousness. 
but you not walk in those things. It's not going to be automatic. In other words, God doesn't make you do anything, and he doesn't control every part of your life or my life. He gave us a free will. Well, part of the way, and a major way, in fact, just an overriding way that we are going to direct our lives is with our words. In other words, what you say is what you're going to have in life. And it's more than just a uh, self-help thing. It's not just when you say something and then it'll happen. It's not magic. Let's look at um, a few more verses here. This is so big. It's just been rolling around in me for, for a while. Matthew 12, verse 33. Let's read that. <clears throat> Give you some more scripture. It says, either make the, the tree good or, and its fruit good. This is Jesus speaking. Or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Bread of vipers, he's talking, about, talking to the religious leaders. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good re- treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, uh, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word... Men may speak, they will give, a, give account of it in the day of judgment. Verse 37, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That sounds serious? Are words like, that ah, doesn't matter what we say? Jesus is, that sounds pretty serious. He said every idle word we're going to give an account for. That doesn't mean you're going to hell. As a Christian... You're going to go to, what would send you to hell is not believing on Jesus. But there is more to life than just where you're going to end up when you leave the earth. When you become born again, it's not just about where you're going to go when you die. It's what's going on right now. What kingdom are you a part of? It's not religion. It's a war going on in the earth. And which side are we on and what do we need to do? We need to know these things. We need to be aware. So when we call on the name of Jesus, something happens on the inside of us. When we believe on him, we become born again, the Bible calls it. We are new on the inside. Our spirit man becomes recreated. But then God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And so as we walk out that plan, what we say matters. So there isn't just the, you you know, if if you believed on Jesus, we talked about this a while ago, you've already been judged, unless you were to, again, this is very isolated, unless you were to walk away from God, you knew what you were doing, you didn't care, you were going to hell, you didn't care, you wouldn't, people would tell you you didn't care, so few people actually do that, you don't have to worry about it. If you care, you're not one of those people, so forget it. Did I lose somebody there? In other words, you can't lose salvation like you do a wallet, but you can reject it. You'd have to know what you were doing. You would know you were condemned. You would know you were going to hell, and you wouldn't care. That's somebody that's completely lost. If, that, if that's new to you, shelve it. We have messages you can talk about that, but that's a fraction. You'd have to be mature. You'd have to know what you're doing. But when you become born again, You are born again into the kingdom of God. And so you are right with God. So you're not going to stand. You're not going to stand before that. The the, uh, 
the judgment where the sinners are being sent to hell. You, by calling on God, on Jesus, are already judged in that regard. But you are going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ for what we've done on this earth with what He's given us. And there are rewards that go with that. And so what we do in this earth matters. And what we say in this earth matters. And so when Jesus is saying every idle word, you're going to give an account of. Don't let that scare you, but it should sober us up. Like, it's serious what we do. How we walk. It's not just, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, somebody says, you know, this is a, I'm not condemning anybody for saying this because I've said it myself, but if somebody's saying something, they go, well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're just, well, I'm just saying this. That's fine. I'm not condemning that. But in general, when we're talking about just words like, well, you know, that's just talk. Is it? Are we just talking to talk? Or do our words mean something? Words are important. What we say matters. What we say is actually, what did it say in Proverbs? Life and death. Here it says, by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 37, last verse in the Amplified Classic says, for by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. So don't even think about the future, just talk about now. What we say sets the course of our life and either gives God access to act in our lives or gives Satan access to act in our lives. By what we say, we give God the ability to do what He wants to do. Or we we give Satan a foothold to get into our lives and start working when he doesn't have any authority legally, but we just gave him authority with our words. I got to slow down. I can tell by you guys' look. We'll just keep going through scripture. But this is big. This is important. James 3 verse 1. You just believe in God. You guys believe in God from with us this morning. We're going to get out what we need and just go in the direction that we need to over this time. Get, get the right things, cover the right things. My brethren, verse 1, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive the stricter judgment. Well, there it goes. People are like, oh, I want to teach. I want to be in the ministry. Well, look at that verse. Let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Anybody jumping up and down to receive a stricter judgment? Ooh, 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 ooh. You know, these things are serious. They're not, they're not a game. You don't call yourself to something. You don't put labels on yourself. God's the only one that calls. We shouldn't tread into any area that God hasn't called us. That's very, very dangerous. You can, people have died young doing that. Ministers, amazing, amazing miracles in their ministry. I'm thinking of one evangelist just uh, right now, back in the 40s, 50s. Amazing miracles in his ministry. But he wanted to teach. <laughs> he already is walking in the power of God. Wanted to teach, though. I mean, 
just things that were happening in his ministry, just amazing. Yet he wanted to teach, and so he wouldn't give it up. He tried to teach, and he, he wasn't anointed to teach. He wasn't gifted by God to teach. And he just would come up with crazy doctrines, just crazy stuff, and just got people off into the weeds on certain things, and just people would fall down to this day. There's people that, that think, you know, the stuff he said was right, and it's just it's not biblical, it's crazy. And he ended up dying early. He got, he got himself off into a bad place. Anyway, we should just do what we're called to do. Amen? Verse 1, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or he is a mature man. Also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they, they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So two, two examples he gives there. Let's go back to verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man or a mature man. That means you, if you can control your mouth, then you're maturing spiritually. I mean, yes, there's natural too, but we're talking about spiritual things, but it'll, this applies anywhere. Does not, if he does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body. It means if you can control your mouth, you can control your body. Verse 3, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. So, you know, you, put the, you have the rein and then have the bit in the mouth, and then you can turn the horse just with that little bit. That, that horse is big and strong. And you may not have the physical power to move the horse. I mean, if the horse lays down on you, that could be it. Right? But just with that bit and just with the reins, can, the, the, the horse can be guided. That's like our tongue. That's like our mouth. Our mouth guides where we're going to go. It sets the, the course of our life for good or evil, for life or death. In the long-term things, in the short-term things. So we have the ability and the authority. Of course, it works in the negative. But think about it. We have the authority and the ability to speak God's words in every situation, no matter what it looks like. We speak the word of God and to bring God's thoughts and God's plans on the scene. And to go, if you're talking about setting the direction for your life, we're just agreeing with him and we're not going to move. And we're just saying, we're going in this direction. So we have the ability to say that and to shut Satan out of it. I'm not going to give you a word that starts get, giving you access to my life to start going over here. Look at the um, verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn the whole body. Verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned in a very small, by a very small rudder 
wherever the pilot desires. Another illustration of a ship can be huge. And the bigger the ship, the bigger the rudder is. But compared to the ship, it's still very, very small. So in other words, you could have a, you know, just a, a relatively small boat. The rudder's really small. But you could have an ocean liner. The, ru- the rudder can be huge. But if you look at the, the ocean liner compared to that, that rudder, the rudder's tiny. Yet it steers that whole ship. That's like our tongue. That's like the words we speak. Not insignificant. Not a small thing. A large thing. A big thing. And that, notice it says that they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. So we are that pilot for our life. We are. God ought to be the one directing it, but ultimately, we're the ones that agree with God or disagree with God and put ourselves on a course. In other words, if if you're going to decide to go this way and God wants you to go this way, He's not going to force you to go the other way. On the positive side, we don't want Him to... We don't even want to think about him having to force us. We want to say, God, where do you want? Okay, I'm going in that direction. Part of how we go in that direction is by putting our mouth in that direction. What if your life is going in this direction and it's not good? But we know that God wants us to go in this direction and he wants us to be over here. We start saying what he said over here. We start saying it, even if our life is going this way, we start agreeing with God, we start turning the rudder this way and saying what He says, saying what God says, saying what He wants for us, start setting that course. That's how powerful the tongue is. And so it's, people will think, well, My life is going this way. This hasn't gone well. I'm just saying it like it is. If it's something negative. I'm just saying, well, you know, we're sick. I'm sick. Relationships aren't good. I don't have any money. Because the life is going in this direction. And they they can say, well, I'm just saying what is. What if you applied that to a ship? The ship is going this direction. But you really want to go this direction. Should you say, but I'm already going in this direction. I'm just going to keep the rudder this way. Yeah, but you want to go this way. Why don't you start turning it this way? Yeah, but I'm going this way. So I'm just going to keep the rudder this way. Well, yeah, but you want to go the other way. Why don't you turn the rudder? But I'm going this way. Can't you see? It's like this, so I should just keep the rudder there. Where are you going to end up? You're going to keep going in the same direction. If we want to go in that direction, what would you do with the boat? Turn the rudder. Now, if it's a big ocean liner, it's not going to do a 90 degree turn. It's not going to just do that. It's going to start turning and it might take a long time, but it's going to go in the direction of the rudder. Is that true? That's the way it is with our life and our tongue. If you don't see 
what you want in front of you, start saying what God said and speak in the direction that you want to go. Start speaking that. Start saying that. Start saying what He said. Start speaking the truth. Yeah, but I, I have this in my life. Yeah, but if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, start speaking what He said. Agree with Him. Don't agree with your circumstances. Don't agree with what the destruction that has happened. If there's something, when I say destruction, it could be just something very small, but it's not what you'd want. We have authority to set the direction of our life, and God will, when we speak His Word and His truth, His power is there to back up what we say and to make it happen. But we're the pilot. Everybody say, I'm the pilot. pilot. Say it again, I'm the pilot. pilot. Say it one more time, I'm the pilot pilot. of my life. life. Say this, say, I speak God's words. I speak His truth. I point my life in the direction He wants me to go with my mouth. Amen? Powerful. Powerful. Our words are powerful. Everybody say, my words are powerful. Say it again. My words are powerful. Praise God. We have so much more power as a Christian than we believe we have so many times. The ah, it doesn't matter. It's just all up to God. It's not all up to God. He's given authority to us to agree with Him. And here, it, all we need to do is just agree with what He said and put it into practice. Just start saying what He said. Your actions are going are to follow your words. They will. You know, you feel tired and you start saying how tired you are, you're just going to feel more tired. If you say something, you have a challenge and you go, I, I just can't do it, I can't do it, you're setting the course, you're just setting yourself up, I can't do it, or we can't do it, or that's impossible, we're just setting the wrong course. But if we'll say, you know, if I'm tired, I say, well, I'm strong. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm going over. I got plenty of energy. I'm just so stressed out. Don't say that. Say, I know I have peace. I do. I resist fear. I am calm. My mind is clear. What are you doing? You're just, you're agreeing with God. You're saying, hey, what if you feel stressed out? You say, no, no, no. I'm not. Don't say that. Don't stay in that vein. Don't say how stressed out you are. Don't say, you know, if you're, you're, you're feeling fear, don't say, oh, I'm afraid. Resist it. If fear comes on you and you, you know, you could be shaking, you could be, you could have symptoms of fear. Your, your, your knees could be knocking together. You could look at your hand and it's doing this and you're tempted to go, I'm so afraid. Don't say that. Say, I have, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear, I resist you. Right in the face of you shaking, you say, and the devil will tell you, your thoughts, your mind will tell you, you're afraid, you're lying. Oh no, I'm saying what God said. And I'm resisting fear. Don't accept it. You resist it. 
If there's, you know, a symptom of sickness coming on you, don't say, oh, well, I guess I'm sick. I guess I have it. There may be a symptom there, but you resist it. You don't accept it and say, well, I guess I might as well just get ready to have the whole thing. Don't say that. You resist it and say, no, I'm not going to be sick. No, I am the healed of the Lord. Sickness, I resist you. What are you doing with your words and your authority? You're pushing back. Because God has given us authority through Jesus. He's given us the ability to decree what is going to go on. But we can't sit quiet and not say anything and expect Him to do. Give Him something to work with. And then don't give the enemy things to work with. Don't start talking about how bad the problem is. That'll just make it worse. And if you're feeling anxious about something and you start talking about how bad it is and how about the money or about, you know, the relationship, it will just seem worse. Amen? Amen. If If you're feeling pressure in an area, don't start talking the pressure. Don't start talking about the way it looks. It will just magnify that in your eyes. You'll start getting more and more stressed out. You're yielding to the enemy. But if we'll just resist it and say, no, it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I feel. No, I'm going to walk in what God has for me. And you speak the word in spite of the circumstance. I'm not talking about denying circumstance. The Bible says in Romans that God calls those things that be not as though they were. The things that aren't, he calls as though they were. He doesn't say to, to call those things that are as, is, as if they weren't. In other words, if there's something in your life, you don't say, oh, no, it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. What you do is if there's something, a challenge in your life, you, call, you say what God said. That's a different thing. You're not denying this. You might say, yeah, that's here, but watch, God is about to do something. That's, those are two different things. You are exalting the word of God over your circumstance. You're not denying the circumstance. Some people have gotten the wrong idea. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything about it. No, you can acknowledge it's there, but just then say what is uh, God's word and where you're going. That's the truth. That's the truth. Praise the Lord. Let's read Revelation 12.10. It says, Then I heard a loud voice in, in, uh, saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God are, are God and the power of His Christ have come down. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Talking about Satan. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Notice it says they overcame him. Who? Satan. By the blood of the Lamb. So yes, nothing apart from Jesus, not in your own strength. But it also says, and by the word of their testimony. In the Amplified Classic, it says, they have overcome, conquered him, by means of the blood of the Lamb, and by the utterance of their testimony. In other words, speaking. So what God, Jesus did, and by us taking 
our authority and saying what he did and charting the course of our life and declaring what God's will is in our life, that that will be done. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's read a couple more scriptures in closing. Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice what this says. Jesus is speaking this. Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he said. He said, whatever things you say, if you believe you, you uh, will have them, you will have whatever you said. Just look at it one more time. Look at what Jesus actually said. It goes along with all these other scriptures we're talking about. He says, whoever says, verse 23, whoever says to this mountain or for the object in front of you, be removed and be cast into the sea. And he doesn't doubt in his heart. Faith is of the heart. But he believes that those things he says, whatever, he believes that those things he says. You see that? If he believes that whatever things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So what, what things you say are what you're going to have. If you believe it, that's what's going to happen. Now, it's going to be based on what God said. You don't go make something up. Well, I just, I'm just going to believe this. No, it's got to be based on what God has told you by his written word and by, or by what he's spoken to your heart, which will always be in line with his written word. In other words, he's never going to tell you to go start... To, to believe for something that is not backed up by his written word. That will not happen. You can always judge these things then by what he has said in his written word. If you, ever, if you ever think something's God, but it contradicts one or more scriptures, one or more verses, it's not God. Period. That's how you can judge a lot of things that, that people would call God. If there's scriptures that it's contradicting, it's not God. But what we say determines the direction. What we say, we will have. What we say will either produce life in our, in our uh, lives or it will produce death in our lives. What we say will set the course for our life, good or bad. We can, we can make our words agree with God or we can make them disagree with God even though God is saying, don't, don't say that. I, I want this for you. And we're saying, I just don't know where God is. And we're, we're talking this way. God is saying, no, don't say that. Agree with me. But it doesn't look like it. Turn the rudder. Turn the rudder, rudder in the right direction. And God is faithful to do what he said he would do in his word. 
Our words are powerful. Our words are powerful. Our words are powerful. More, more so, more than, than, than sometimes, I think, many times we realize. Today, our words are powerful. Today. You don't have to wait to start putting this into practice. You don't have to wait till the end of the series to start putting it into practice. Right now, with what we covered, today, you can change your words. We can set our... If we've been going this way and we just realize that we can go, oh, I'm not saying that anymore. I'm saying this. You, you, may, you may have a thought, well, that's dumb. You're just, you're making stuff up. That, you know that's not true. You start agreeing with God and you'll see it change. Because God's faithful. His word's true. 